This is the Andrew Lake Podcast, and in this episode, we're talking about Edge. you ever met an edgy person? Do you know what it means to be on edge? To lean into the edge? To get one step closer to the edge? You're pushing me towards the edge? That is an edgy guy. Have you ever used these terms, these phrases? They're all a little bit different in the ways that we're using them now, but the kind of edge that I'm wanting to focus on in this conversation is the edge that is the ability for someone to act in the world. It's the way they act and push into reality. And let's try and create this picture of someone who is edgy. You can decide for yourself whether it's a good thing to be edgy or not. After our discussion today, we're not really talking about someone who's on edge as in they're easy to annoy or easy to upset. We're not talking about the person who's on edge who's paranoid. We're talking about the person who is edgy, the person who has edge, the person who pushes into their edge purposefully because they're trying to use their actions to get into reality. This is the person who is edgy, the person who pushes against something and towards something. So what is an edge literally? An edge is two surfaces meeting together, two opposing planes, two opposing flats. So to have an edge, you need to have a flat thing pushing into another flat thing. And depending on the angle that these two surfaces are pushing against each other or joining each other, depends on how sharp your edge is. Now you can have round edges, you can have soft edges, you can smoothen the edges, or you can have extremely sharp edges, such as in your triangle. If you can imagine a triangle with two edges. So this analogy of the actual edge is what we need to keep in mind as we move through these examples to build a picture of what edge is. And this is why I'm saying that someone with edge is someone who is pushing against something and also pushing towards something. And these two things seem to be in contradiction. Someone who is edgy is someone who is actually pushing into a contradiction. They are stepping towards a contradiction. They are trying to find a contradiction. They're trying to enter into and expose or live a contradiction. Have you ever met someone or heard of someone who you would say is contradictory? Have you ever met someone who you'd say is a 
enigma of reality, a cultural phenomenon on the grandest scale? Have you heard of these people that seem to not make any sense how it can be that they do the things that they do? Have you met someone or heard of someone who seems to do things that are impossible, entirely impossible? Seems contradictory to your understanding of what is possible? Usually these are the people that have edge. These are the people that have stepped into edge. Now we need to separate our comparisons quite carefully between the forefront of the edge of a culture and a personal edge. So there is an edge in the entire collective of the culture. So this would be the person who is on the front foot, the final frontier of the contradiction out of everyone in the culture. And then there is our own personal edge, our own inner edge, which is the edge in relation to us. And we'll be able to separate these as we go into our examples. So the first example I'd like to use is from the world of extreme sports. And I'd like to draw our attention to the X Games and the BMX riders. So these are the 20-inch bike riders who do tricks in freestyle competitions, invert, dirt, street, and the big air competitions. And of course, there's also flatland competitions. There's all different categories. So I love BMX riders. These guys are incredible. These are the Matt Hoffmans, Dave Mirror, Jamie Bestwick, Ryan Nyquist, Van Homan, TJ Lavin. These are some of the older school riders. And in the new school riders, you've got your Carl Baldock, your Steve McCann, Mike Spinner, and the list goes on and on. These are just a few that come to mind, but these guys have edge. They are the BMX riders that have edge. So what are the two things that they are pushing towards and against? Well, what they're trying to do, what they're pushing towards, is a trick. They're trying to do the most fancy trick and complicated trick they can. The thing they're moving against is the fear of injury or the fear of falling. And these guys do such big airs in some of their competitions that serious injury is an actual risk. Some people have gone into comas, spinal injuries, and in some cases they've even died trying some of these tricks. So the risk of never walking again is pushing against some of these riders. And yet the glory, the trick that they pull is what they're stepping into. So some of these guys do double front flips or cash rolls or double tail whip back flips or 1080s. And these are incredible tricks to achieve without 
hurting yourself without falling off. And it's quite a lot of fear and adrenaline that goes into doing these things. The adrenaline rush, the thrill of actually pulling that off must be monumental. It must be absolutely insane to be one of these riders. Now, there is an edge within that culture because certain tricks are stock standard. Certain tricks are repertoire. And you can do basic sort of renditions of regular textbook tricks and not really be pushing yourself. And you can do a run on the course, which is not really that risky. They're sort of tricks that you know, sort of things that you've done before. But the riders that are really pushing towards the forefront are finding new things that are hard to do. They're doing things that have huge amounts of risk. Every now and then, one of them will do something which is totally out of the field. These are usually done in transfers. So a transfer is when the rider goes from one ramp, jumping off into the air, over, into another, and the distance is so far that no one would have ever even thought to do it. The ramp wasn't even designed to have that sort of air burst out of it. So Morgan Wade is one that comes to mind who's extremely good at finding transfers which are massive. This is what we call edge because you're pushing into something which is hard to do at the risk of injury and failure. So there's a cultural edge. These are the guys that are on the TV competing in competitions and getting gold medals, silver medals, bronze medals in all the various competitions. You can say that there is a, a group of them that are on the front of the edge of the culture, but there's also a personal edge. So you can go down to your local skate park and you can see a guy who is not anywhere near as good as these pros, of course. He's just an amateur. He can do a few little tricks here and there. He might be good or not be good, but he has an edge unto himself. So he can take the easy path. He can do little things. He can only do things that are simple to him, easy to achieve for him, easy to, easy to pull off. Or he can push his edge. He can take a little bit further of a step, take a little bit more of a risk, go a little bit faster before that air to launch into the air and do that trick. And there's something quite enticing about seeing someone who has that edge. Even if their tricks are not that good, someone might come along and do better tricks than them. They might be much more experienced and it's quite easy for them to pull off certain tricks. But you can see that there's a comparison there where they don't have the edge, even though they are better at the tricks because they're not risking themselves. They're not moving into something more difficult. They're not going for the glory. And so this is one example of edge in the world of BMX riders. There are lots of YouTube videos nowadays which can show you all these incredible things that the sport is doing. How about a musician? Have you ever met a musician that has edge? 
Have you ever met a musician that is taking risks? Music is quite different to sports because we don't say that there is a risk of injury in music. So where's the edge? Well, maybe it's between creativity and structures and execution. Because for a musician to create something new and novel and venture out, they have to push a little bit further beyond what they know. So a musician can play things that are straight ahead. They can play familiar patterns. They can play simple rhythms, which are slightly less simple than the most complicated things they know. They're playing it safe. They're playing what's familiar. But a musician with edge is pushing into that thing, which is hard to find. It's a little bit ethereal. They're pushing into something new. They're trying to venture out into something that they haven't played before even though they know that when they play something that they haven't played before, there is a risk that it will sound bad. There is a risk that because they're not familiar with it, they won't execute it. They will actually embarrass themselves. They'll actually sound bad. That's what they're risking. So creative adventuring in music is this edge between something new and executing it well. Now, it is possible to go beyond edge. You can say, well, I'm just going to accept everything that I play, and who cares if it sounds bad? Let's just let it all be rough around the edges, which is different to smooth around the edges. Because being rough around the edges, you don't really care if you don't execute it. So you don't have one side of your edge. And that person is much the same as the person who plays it safe and plays everything neat and everything clean. So the musician that has edge is pushing between two opposing planes. And when you see it, when you hear it, you know it. When you're familiar with a musician who does this, they are incredibly interesting because they push into their edge. I think one more example we can use for today, although there are many examples that come to mind, is the businessman. So the business world is very different to the world of sports and very different to the world of music. Where's the edge for the businessman? Well, is he taking risks? Is he pushing into his investment in such a way as he can make that profit as effectively as possible. Of course, if you push the one side of the plane, one side of the edge, which is taking risks too far, then you're just being reckless. You're just wasting money. You're wasting your pricing. You're doing careless marketing. You're doing being careless with your operations. But if you balance that with conformity, structures, systems, processes and a careful calculation and strategy, then you can create this edge. And a businessman with edge is one that takes outrageous risks with incredible detail 
in their strategy and their planning and their understanding of the consequences. So an edgy businessman is always pushing between details, structures, orderliness, cleanliness, simplicity, all these sort of rigid, constricting and process-driven concepts, and also the balls of just getting deep into it and pushing hard and being reckless and being hard. It's quite hard to put into words the two sides of the businessman. But if you take away these two sides, then you can see it quite easily. You can see that they're a businessman that don't have any edge. These are the businessmen that aren't really engaged. And it has nothing to do with how much money they make. It has nothing to do with how much they've invested. You can easily invest a large amount of money into a business and that business will make money. But if you just have an endless supply of money, then you're just throwing it on there. You're not really making it into anything. You're not pushing it. You're just sort of using your money as an investment weight. And you might make more money than the edgy businessman, but you wouldn't make more money by proportion of how much you've invested. So the edgy businessman is getting the most amount out of his money. He's putting the minimum cash deposit in, maximizing his return by walking the edge, and then knowing when to cash out. Whereas the passive investor and the disengaged businessman is sort of just putting his money in and saying, oh, whatever, I'll probably make enough. It'll, it'll give me some sort of return on investment. That would be the difference between a edgy businessman and a round-edged businessman. <laughs> he might actually have round edges as well. <laughs> Another term that comes to mind from the business world is the competitive edge. So you hear this come up a lot with business strategy or business development, which is having the competitive edge. So where is the competitive edge? What are the two opposing forces? Well, it's value and difference. So if there's two people with the same product and they're selling the same product, two businesses selling the same product, then one would have the competitive edge if it's higher quality. If it's got more gadgets to it, it's better off than the competition. But of course, if that goes too far, then it becomes a different product. If you add too many gadgets, you add too many different things, then it becomes a class unto itself. But the competitive edge is right between that difference and value of a product or a service. So that's how you create competitive edge, which is between two opposing forces. I think these examples are quite fun to talk about. And these examples are the character profile of Edge. But maybe we can get a little bit more abstract. Maybe we can say something like, do characteristics themselves have Edge? Or do personality traits have edges within them? So we're dividing our picture again, zooming in to a little bit more detail to say what are the two opposing forces 
of either a behavioral trend or a personality trait or a characteristic or a concept or just a descriptive word in general. So can we choose any sort of descriptive word and find its edge? So one of the things that came to my mind when I was thinking about this was dignity. Have you ever met someone who has dignity? Have you met someone who's a little bit proud, a little bit respectable? You seem to just respect them when they're around. You can't imagine them being clumsy. can't imagine them being goofy. They have dignity. So dignity is an interesting edge. Because if you become too dignified, you do become goofy. You become quite silly. And people can laugh at you and put you down for being so posh. These are the pompous pricks that we talk about. We poke fun at behind our back, behind their backs. Because they look so silly because they take themselves so seriously. You can also go the other way. You can say, well, that guy's always being silly on purpose. That guy's always trying to put himself down. He's always doing self-defamating jokes. That's too far in the other direction. So dignity is somewhere between taking yourself too seriously and putting yourself down in a social situation. Dignity really depends on a social construct. It's really only within the minds of the web of the people involved. And that should tell you something about the illusionary nature of dignity. And I think the ultimate answer for dignity lies in that ball of string, that ball of knots that lies beneath personality traits. But just taking dignity as itself... As a thing in and of itself, we can say that there's an edge to dignity. How about eccentricity? How about being weird? This is another one that is nested within a social construct or a social situation, a social web. How weird is something? How weird is a person? Now, if they're always acting weird on purpose... And this becomes apparent. They just say, you're just being abstract. You're just being weird. You're just trying to be absurd and get a reaction. You're just putting things together in a weird way for the sake of it. And it can be the other way around that you're being too normal. Everything is normal. Everything is plain. Everything is just as it should be. Everything is completely accounted for. Is totally normal. And that becomes quite weird. After a little while, it becomes a bit unsettling if you're always so normal. So the edge of eccentricity, the edge of being weird in a healthy way, is somewhere between those two. What about conformity? So we are zooming in again, moving our field of focus a little bit further across our personality and say, what does it mean to be an edgy conformist? There is something quite amazing about conforming. 
There is something very successful and striking when people conform and execute something successfully because of that conformity. There's a teamwork sort of way to do it. So teamwork involves a degree of conformity. Of course, we can work on musicians, bands, or we can use a sports example, or we can use a business example. There are teams in business. Businesses are run by teams. But in any which way, there is a edge in conformity which needs to be walked, which is when to do exactly the same thing as everyone else and when to step out and put yourself first, when to not conform. If the sports star only ever conformed to the team and put the team first, he wouldn't be able to jump ahead in the grand final and kick the winning goal. He needs to know when to go himself. And the business team needs to know when to have the manager step forward and take charge and do the thing that only they can do. Even though all this time they've been working alongside the team and doing exactly the same thing as the team. The musicians need to accompany each other. They need to stick to the music, stick to the form, play the music. But there will come a time when one musician needs to solo. They need to have their cadenza or their moment or their improvisation or their spotlight. That spotlight, in a way, is still a part of conformity. So there's an edge there in conformity. How about adventurousness? There is an edge for finding new places and going to new places which is the comfort zone, stepping outside your comfort zone. Have you heard that saying before? Freedom begins when your comfort zone ends. Have you heard these cliches before? Lots of green meme travelers like to use these sort of words, poetic, emotional-based feelings about the world and places. And there is an edge for travel and adventure. Because you can say, oh, I really want to go overseas. Oh, I really want to go on holidays. I really want to travel the world. Have you heard someone say that before? I want to travel the whole world. (laughs) Well, there are some places in the world you don't want to go. We can pick you up and put you in a place somewhere in the world. And within about five minutes, you'll be saying, I want to go home. And this is actually quite a common theme in travel and if you're traveling right you'll have moments of these to varying degrees of distress or significance but there's always that moment after you start traveling and you go out finally on your adventure and you're full of this excitement and you go oh dear what have i done i'm scared i'm outside my comfort zone i don't have all the things that i thought I was just able to always have. All the things I took for granted are gone. This is the edge of adventure. You can't go the other way. You can't just sit in your room doing nothing all the time. Can't stay in the same city. It becomes quite dull, quite boring. 
leaving aside sensory perception expansion, of course, for this example, for this conversation. Let's leave that out of it for now. (laughs) But the edge of adventure is somewhere between stepping outside of your comfort zone and finding something new and being comfortable with yourself, being able to know that you'll be all right, you'll get home safe. So what is edge? What is edge in conclusion? How is it that we can find this mechanism and apply it to cultural phenomenons, personality types, personality traits, and it can be both collective and individual, and it can be transdisciplinary, because music and business and sports are all very different fields. They're all very different parts of human civilization. I guess they're all rooted in personality, which begs the question, is personality beyond the actual actions that we do? Is edge in personality beyond the behaviors that we do? And what we're really expressing is not the behaviors, but personality, but the traits, the things that we have within us, which come out in a variety of ways. Are the businessman, the musician, and the sports star all really going for the same thing? Are they successful for the same reasons? Are they thrilling to watch and to hear about and to talk about for the same reasons? Which is that they are human. They have personality. They have principles and concepts and forces within them at work which are beyond the external world, beyond the physical manifestations. When we see these people stepping into their edge, what is it that we're actually seeing? When we see these people getting so close to that edge and sharpening up their opposing forces within themselves, what is it that's actually going on there? Why is it that it's so amazing? Surely there's something at work beyond personality analysis when we talk about edge. Maybe it's A little bit sacrilegious to try and put edge into words. Maybe our definition is a bastardization of what it means to be edgy. And when we see someone who's edgy and we meet someone who's edgy, they have a quality which can't be analyzed, which can't be put into two opposing forces because they are many opposing forces that clash with a greater amount of intensity than the other people that are around us? And is it a matter of inner war? Is that why the artist is so torn up within themselves? Or is it a matter of synchronicity? Is there something beautiful about doing things eloquently, doing things easily? Maybe what edge really is, is what we see in others that brings us close to our edge. When we see that someone does something impossible, 
We are brought to our edge because we have a line where things are possible and things are impossible on the outside of that line. And hearing about these people and realizing that someone has crossed that line, then we can say, that person is edgy. That person ventures out across the edge of what is real and what is not real. This is the Andrew Lake Podcast. Thanks very much for tuning in. And we'll be back soon with more. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Being said